With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I'm your host, as always, and it's a big night. But what makes tonight even bigger is a special guest we got on the line right now. I am so happy to announce his name here on Pure Evil MMA. We got the legendary Houston Alexander. What's going on, Houston? How you doing hey, tonight? Man. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm so happy that you're calling in tonight. And we got a lot to talk about. But first things first, there's a big pay-per-view card tonight. And there's a lot of people that are counting Anthony Smith out. And if there's anybody out there that can uh, tell these fans never to count somebody out, it's you, especially what you're able to do against uh, uh, Keith Jardine. So uh, with that being said, how, how do you see that main event going? Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I trained with Anthony. You know, uh, Anthony trained, and I don't think a lot of people realize who he was training under in, in the state of Nebraska here in Omaha. Uh, you had Ryan Jensen, you had Ryan Ryan Roberts, you had Jason Brills, Joe Ellenberger, Jake Ellenberger, myself. You had a lot of UFC guys, man, in one gym. So I, 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 why would you count someone out who had who was going up against people who had, with all this experience in one gym? And this is over the past ten years. So with with that being said, he had more experience. Uh, where he's probably had, got more experience now, especially with all the fights he's had and the people he's been up with. So, man, you know, you can't count Anthony out because he, you know, he's a fighter, and and people from from this area, man, we just don't give up. So, with that being said, man, you can't count someone from Nebraska out, especially when, you know when we're we our, our courage is high in 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 all aspects of MMA. And you know what? One thing about Anthony Smith, like you were just saying, he's been doing it for so long. Like even back in the Strike Force days, I remember interviewing him about maybe three, four years ago. And it's uh -huh. just so crazy. Like at the time I interviewed him, I was so happy because, you know, I, I was watching him for a long time. And there are people that, you know, still don't know who this guy is and what he's capable of, even after the guys that he's been able to, uh, you know, get a, get a win over. So tonight's so, a big uh, night so for him. Anthony, uh, Anthony's had over what sixty something fights total. Yeah, he, he's uh, now when I when I tell people I have over two hundred fights, they can't believe it. You know, because you know we we were fighting, man. We were fighting on all the small circuits, and we were we were doing all the small shows. So a lot of people, you know, and but you know, of course, they didn't have social media back then, so people wouldn't know that we had all these fights. So he he has the experience, man, and he. He has the knowledge of the game, so you can With all that knowledge, man, how, how are you gonna? How are you gonna defeat somebody with all that knowledge? It's gonna be a good one, man. It's definitely a, a huge card. It's absolutely stacked, and you've been doing it for. I mean, you were on one of the very first UFC cards that was televised, and here we are today with it on ESPN. What, what does yeah, that mean a, to that's you? That's a crazy thing, man. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean. It's absolutely crazy, man, because UFC 71, to me, does not seem that long ago when you made the, uh, you know, your, your now debut. We're, now we're 235, now we're 235, man, so that's crazy. So that just shows you 
how much fi- <laughs> fighting has been going on. Even when they were uh, VHS tapes and they were showing the, the the UFC back then. Now, man, let me let you know something else. I think in UFC 2, Steve Jenham, another Nebraska guy, won the championship from Nebraska. And I don't, I, and I don't again, I don't know why people are counting people out from Nebraska, but uh, they, they, they sure better watch out tonight, man. And, and that's not taking anything away from, from Bones Jones because he's a, he's a great fighter. But I, I just get tired of hearing that uh, Anthony doesn't have a chance in this fight. And one thing that I can relate here with you, and I wanted to get into later on in this interview, but since you're on the subject, you're talking about your area. You like to represent the area that you're from, and not only with mixed martial arts, but you feel the same way about the rap scene, the rap culture in that area is being undermined as well. So why don't you uh, share a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been in hip man. I've been in hip hop all my life. So you know, I've been as a b boy, as a graph writer. Uh, and, and again, repping, just repping the culture itself, but not, not just in Nebraska, the, the, the culture as a whole, I've always just been a part of it. So, and, and, you know, just MMA has just been one of those things that just came naturally because I was a B-boy. So, and then I boxed and I wrestled already. So it was just, it was just a natural progression for me to go from the culture of hip hop to, to MMA, especially, especially being, uh, in, into boxing and wrestling already, man. So, but yeah, you gotta, we, we you rep, you, you gotta rep where you're from, man. So everybody knows where you're from. And one thing about the uh, rap scene right now, and I want to get your take on it. It really seems like it's turning into, at least for the mainstream rap. It seems like it's turning into a lot of drug culture. Like my little sister generation, like the rappers uh-huh. that they're listening to right now, like SoundCloud. It's really promoting a, a lot of negativity, and uh, you know. I, it's been well, around. You gotta for... understand something. You know, no, just, the music hasn't changed. You know, the message. Every, every once in a while, the message will change, but it's always been the, the same type of street music. You know, maybe maybe kids are using or, or expressing uh, using drugs more, but that you know that's that's always been in in in, in rap. So you know, you, you just can't you just can't say it's it's this generation's music. It's always been in rap. But I think they're just saying it more and you're hearing it more because of social media. That's yeah, all. that's true. That's definitely true. And one thing that you're so lucky for, man, is what you're doing right now, showing kids that may want to follow down a path where they're being misguided by, you know, their, their schoolmates or a, a bad life at home. You've actually started foundations and go from school to school showing kids uh, and educating kids on the rap culture dancing art and uh you know showing them because like for me man it was really hard to focus in school i was a musician yeah. uh i also played football and stuff and that's all i cared about was football and music it was really hard for me to focus and concentrate so it's cool to see you going to these schools what was your inspiration to do something like that well you know um i, I started do, doing we, we saw started, started doing radio about the same time i started doing mma and one one of the things they wanted to, uh, to focus on was uh the community. And one of the ideas I came up with was, hey, why don't we just go into the schools and teach these kids about hip-hop culture? Because they get so much negative imagery on television and on radio, they know nothing about the culture. You know, you, the people are getting further and further away from the culture, and they, they, they just think that the culture itself is just about rap music. And it's not about just rap music, it's about music, and it's about the dance, it's about the art. And and that's, a, that's my job, and that's the job of my organization, 
is to go in and teach these kids about a culture they're growing up in. It's the next generation's culture. So as the, as the generations uh, go on and on, and they, they, they have to know more and more about the culture that, that we've started. So, so it's got to be passed on, just like anything else. And you've been doing this since the 1980s. You were actually pretty big in uh, graffiti as well. Like, you kind of blended everything together to uh, uh-huh. really push a movement. So it's kind of cool. Like, you're one of the lucky guys that was able to ha- have a life after mixed martial arts. And Well, that's because I had a life before it, before it, man. <laughs> so there's no life after it. I, I already had a life before it. So, you know, MMA just play, played, you know, it played a, a heavy part of, uh, of daily activity in my life. But I, I, mean, I had a life already before it. So I was already doing radio. I was always already doing community uh, uh, foundation type stuff already. And I, again, fighting just, just, just disciplined, disciplined me in a lot of aspects. But I already had a life before that. You actually was, uh, you, you were going to college for art and music, and you ended up leaving college to be with your daughter, right? And you actually gave your yeah. kidney to her. Well, no, I was supposed to go to Savannah School of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Um, but again, my, 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 my daughter came along, and I, did, I chose not to go, and I chose you know, to stay stay behind and take care of my daughter full-time. So you know, that, that, that was the easiest decision to make, you know, and, and I don't regret it to this day. So obviously, man, one thing we're talking about here is the children and how big that is to you to motivate them. One thing I think is absolutely genius idea that you're doing is you're giving away concert tickets to children who are doing good in school. Is that correct? Is is that what I said? Yeah, man. You know, uh, with, with the foundation, with the Houston Alexander Foundation, and uh, with uh, Rotella Rotella Bakery, which is, which is a big um, company here in Omaha, and and statewide, statewide, and you know, United States-wise, uh, where you know we're we're starting to give uh, kids who do great in school concert tickets. Um, we 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 get them bikes. We, we even with the school tour, we we buy the kids bikes. Um, you know, and we're starting to do little small things that help the kids. You know, where with me, I I like to just just do it, just like the Nike, just like the Nike uh, logo, man. You because know, when I first heard the Nike logo, I was like, okay, just do it. I thought it was the the stupidest thing ever until. You think about it. Anything you need or need to do, you just do it. And so with the kids, the kids want to see immediate results. They don't want to see you sitting around waiting on legislation or, or waiting on things to happen. They want they want things done now. So that that's one part of our my organization where we're going and we and we try to, you know, do for these kids now for, for their, their work in the classroom and out in and out outside of the classroom. Something else I really am interested about you're a, you were uh, on Key and Peel. Is that is that true? Yeah, that was that, that was actually pretty cool because those, those guys. That was one of my one of my favorite shows on Comedy Central. How did how did you link up with that? How how did that happen? Well, uh, Peel Peel hit me up on Twitter, and uh, he asked me if, uh, if 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 I would come out and actually uh, do one of the shows, and 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 I was like, whoa! I was a big fan already, and for for him to you know, picked me out of all those people. That that was pretty cool, man. Because I I believe Terry Terry Crews was up for the part, but he, he couldn't do it because he had other obligations. And he picked me out, man. He had, it flew me out, and we did the show, and I, and I was on the last show 
before they uh, got off uh, Comedy Central. So that was actually cool too. Wow. What, what what did you do for that role? What did they have you do? I mean, you know, you just uh, we were in the bar. He bumps into me, and then it starts from there. And it, it's just it's funny funny that uh, they even picked me out for the role because I, here in Omaha, I, I do a sketch comedy show called Omaha, Omaha Live. And if you go on Omaha Live on uh, on YouTube, you can see all the things that we've done. And we, I've been doing sketch comedy, man, for the past two or three years. So, so it was just cool to even even be in that situation. It's so cool to know that you're still doing it with being creative. I, I love that, you know, people out there are, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's like there's constant but, and, reasons to wake up you excited. Keep busy, but you, you have to keep busy just like you're keeping busy with your podcast, man. And so, you know, congratulations on that, too, because that's that's big that, that you're interviewing all these people, man, to, to get to get back to the people yourself. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I wake up feeling so inspired every day, and I think that's what's really important to a lot of people out there. And even like tonight, like this is what life's all about. We're going to be hanging off the edge of our sheet, you know, rooting for this guy or the other guy. That's what life's all about is, is feeling I, I've that seen, I've seen a lot of cards uh, over the years, and, and this, this card is probably one of the most stacked cards I've seen in a long time. With Lawler and, you know, the... Um, there's the and you, you, Jones and Anthony, and and it just it's just a stacked card, man. So you you the, the UFC has, has been getting better with with uh, putting their cards together. You know, I was kind of worried there in a minute for a minute, but they're finally getting uh, getting it together now. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of excitement. So moving forward on this interview, we have a couple of fan questions that reached yeah, out. Man. We got a couple of fan questions for you. This one is from Scott Kenyon, and he wants okay. to know who is your current favorite UFC fighter. Who is my current favorite UFC fighter? Mm, well, the current favorite UFC fighter that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be me. But I'm I'm not currently in any UFC, so so I, I discount myself. But, but who who would be my favorite um, UFC fighter right now? Um. I've been I've been a big fan uh, of Woodley. Mm. I like that. I, I I like how he he's very deceptive. You know, a lot of people think that a lot of his fights are boring, and uh, and until he actually shows you he knows how to box, or he actually shows you that he knows how to wrestle, or or again he we haven't seen really a lot of his jujitsu, but he's he's actually from my my area hometown. He's from St. Louis. Yep, that's right. So you got you got to support that. I'm a, I'm from across the bridge. I'm from East St. Louis, but he's from St. Louis. So I got to, you know he's he's probably right now one of one of the favorite guys to watch. And obviously, while you're talking about that, we have another fan question for you. But below yeah. that, Ben Askren is finally making his UFC debut. Okay. He's going to be fighting Robbie Lawler. Who do who do you got in that fight? How do you see that fight going? Uh, at least. Man, that, that, me, I'm very interested in that fight because Lawler, you know, he's still a monster, and this this guy has he's fought over the all over the world, but I don't, I don't believe he he hasn't fought in the UFC yet. And the UFC is supposed to have the best fighters in the world, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Lawler because you know that's a, that's a tough tough fight off the bat, and I've really not not seen this other guy so much. And, and I'm really haven't followed him on, on on any type of YouTube or any type of MMA pages, but you know, it's 
is he that good? I don't know. Has he has he been uh, in, in competition that's 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 pushed him? We'll see tonight. And for the people out there that don't really understand what it feels like to be on a big card like this, that everyone's paying attention to, how does that feel? How could you relate to fans, like kind of give them a taste and paint a picture of what's going through a fighter's mind on a night like tonight? Okay, well, if you, if I just, the way you can express it, it would be like this. It's, it's like waiting on, on, on um, getting that lottery ticket. You know, and, and the way I express it is getting that that lottery ticket, and and they're calling your numbers on television, and you you're getting maybe three or four out of the five, <laughs> but you're still happy you got them. So because they're very rare, and this is just one of those this this is just one of those situations, man, where it's really rare to have this stack of card, you know, and and for for everyone to see this. On this particular night, with 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 all these different uh, storylines and all these different um, fights tonight, man. So it's it's going to be one of those nights where um, you're going to be glued to the TV, and if you if you blink, it's it's probably it's probably you're probably going to miss it. If you go to the bathroom, you're probably going to miss it. And it, and if you if you just if you if you play it off to where you don't you don't know what's going to happen, you might it might pass you up because you'll play it off to where, to where <laughs> you're not going to understand it. So, so you just got to keep stay glued to the TV. It's just one of those situations, man. Well, like if, what, that may, if that makes sense to you. It makes 100%. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. And like for Ben Askren, like you were saying, he's making his UFC debut. When Bruce Buffer's sitting there, like when you made your debut, it was one of the best. It is, <laughs> in a lot of people's book, the best debut and, and one of the biggest upsets and UFC history when you uh, knocked out Keith in just 49 seconds. When Bruce Buffer's sitting there saying your name, right when you guys step foot in, does that all go away? Does all the panic and fear go away? Man, and you know what? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't hear any of that. When I, when I won, all I heard was, was uh, there, was, there was a section in, in, the, in the crowd that night, and, 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 and this is a true story. They were from they were from Carney, Carney, Nebraska, and you had, and, and all I heard was that that crowd of people chanting chanting Nebraska. I didn't I didn't hear Bruce Buffer's uh, announcement. I didn't you know the, the, if you, if you watched watch it. I didn't you know I didn't, I didn't even well, I wasn't even paying attention to the referee man. I was just I was just listening to that chant, and that's that's why um, you know that's why when I when I spoke the Nebraska's in a building thing. That's what I heard in the background when I when I said it because I heard these people from Carney, Nebraska, at UFC 71 saying Nebraska. Absolutely crazy, man! It, it's it was something crazy. out of a, it was crazy. That's all I heard that night. It's something out of a movie. You you have such an inspiring story, a different story as well, and you've been in some pretty big fights with a lot of big names. Uh, we got one more question from one of our listeners here. Let me pull it up. No, no, no problem, and I hope I'm not boring your audience. <laughs> oh no, not at all. We have actually... long drawn out answers. No, 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 no. Legend, uh, legendary to have you on. It really is. Uh, this is from Nixon Speaks. As yes. an OG of the sport, what would you go back and tell a debuting Houston Alexander if you had to pick three things? What would you tell yourself? In, a, in my debut fight. Yeah. 
You know what? I, it, it's funny. I wouldn't tell myself anything. I would. I would do the exact same thing I did because you know we were I, we were already already prepared because we've had so many fights before that. Just like Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith has over sixty some fights, so he's not going to be bothered by any type of crowd or pressure. Uh, and when I when I um, in my debut, and again they didn't have YouTube at the time, so they didn't they didn't see all the other fights before that. I was already cool. I was already calm and I was already collected. And guess what? I already knew how to fight. So I, I wasn't worried about anything. So I would go back and tell myself nothing. Now, do you actually have, like, one fight you wish you can go back and get a rematch with somebody with? Oh, man, of course. You, you want to go back to the Kimbo fight. Um, and, and, I'm, and, and, and to this day, I think we, we, still, we still won that, that fight point-wise because I, I believe everyone was expecting for us to to go in there and just not have any type of strategy and just just, just start brawling each other, but it's it's funny to watch that fight over again because I you know I was I was actually moving around kicking this guy and I, I probably kicked him over forty times. Yeah, in the first and round he didn't throw a single punch. I don't think. In first he round he didn't, say he didn't want he didn't throw one punch. So yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to understand how this. Well, I, we know why he won because of, because of popularity. But but you know we we uh, if they if they were more educated back then like they are now they they would have counted those leg kicks as strikes you know and and, uh, and they would have showed the movement that we was that we was actually doing was actually boxing you don't stay in front of a guy when when you're trying to punch or, or have this guy attack you don't stay in front of a guy so you know we. We did, we were kind of ahead of our time with a lot of the stuff that we were doing because um, if you if you look now, I, I watched Conor McGregor run from his opponent just to get center back in the ring. Resetting. If you if you if you ran from your opponent back then, they booed you. Mm. Now now I see a lot of the fighters running, literally running, giving the other fighter their back from running, <laughs> and I was like, whoa. So if you want to watch people run. And and they're on the pedals nowadays. That's fine, but we going to the side, shuffling to the side is not running. It's it's, it's strategy. And I wish I would I could take that back because I because uh, if you look, I believe it was it, it was the second round of the Kimbo fight. Um, he had a, he got a good takedown, but the second time he tried to take me down, he slipped up and I ended up on top. Now if we would have had at least fifteen more seconds left, that fight would have ended right there. Because when he slipped up and I, and I was on top, he was a, he was totally totally exhausted. Now, like you, so, like you said, it had a lot to do with popularity. You know, with yeah. the judging, we still see this issue. Like when fighters go down to Brazil, I just had Max Griffin on, who had to fight uh, uh, Thiago down there, and okay. he won two of the three rounds clearly. And yet uh, he lost the fight, and it, it's so frustrating. We still see that today. So I got to ask you: Do you think judges uh, should be outside of the arena where they're not influenced and maybe have a better view? How, how, how could they change this? Uh, well, you, you know what? It's, it's funny because you can't. I don't think you can change the popularity matchup because because you can still have a judge who might who might find the guy more popular than the other. So it, it, it's. It's not just the crowd or, or, or where you're at. It could be just it could be the judge. So so he could be a fan. You who knows that person could be a fan of a certain fighter as well. 
even though he's supposed he or she is supposed to be biased, right? Yep, hundred percent. So, so you know that's that's human. This is just human error, brother. You know, they, you, if you like a certain person, you like a certain person. Now, here's my last question to you. Obviously, no, no this was one of your biggest fights that people remember. I remember sitting there in the living room with all my boys watching that Kimbo, uh, Kimbo slice because that season was so huge. Uh, okay. Season 10 of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I even do a show with James McSweeney, who's on that season with you know Brandon Schaub, Roy Nelson, all those yeah. guys. I mean, it was one of the most viewed shows in history. Now, one thing that we learned about Kimbo is he was actually a really nice guy. Did you witness that yourself? Did you get to, you know, talk to him maybe after the fight? Well, the, the funny thing about it, and this is that, you know, and, and God rest, rest that man's soul, you know, because of, because of his passing. Um, the one thing that people don't know about that fight after, after it was finished, I was walking around the hotel afterwards, and, uh, and Kimbo was in a wheelchair. Because I kicked him, I kicked him so many times he couldn't walk. Yeah, we saw that in the third round. He was having a really hard time, and it started well, he, in the he first. Couldn't, he couldn't, well, he couldn't walk. He got, well, and then you know he they rolled him around a little while, from what I understand, and he, he couldn't walk. So that that I didn't witness it, but I just heard it. And before, but before the fight, I'll tell you a story that I've never told before the fight. Now. I don't, I don't run, I don't run around with an entourage, and I've never did. I, I, anytime I do, I had a, I had a fight or, or any upcoming fight, all I had was coaches. So I, that, that's two or three guys. Uh, at the time, uh, Kimbo had maybe 30 people around him at the time. And I just remember wanting to go up to him and, 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 and you know, introducing myself to this man. And I, and I, and I think I, when, when I did, he had he had about four four forty people, man, trying to stop me from coming up to him to shake his hand. But when he saw that it was me, he let the, he, he let him, let him come. He let he let his people have me come through, and I shook my hand and introduced myself, and that was the, that was the end of it. So oh, wow. you know, usually it's a, a lot of the tough guys, man, that are really tough are are, are nice guys. I'm not a bad guy myself, man. I, I would, but, but I will but I will whoop, whoop your ass though. <laughs> you know, were you guys ever in talk about doing a rematch, maybe for Bellator? Man, you know, there was uh, there was always talk, you know, but but you know, talk talk is cheap until until they put the money up. Yeah, there was also that fight that you wanted the rematch that was set up, and the guy got popped. Uh, I think you actually got injured getting ready for it. It was the fight where originally the Superman punch occurred. You guys were supposed to do the rematch after that. Okay, well, I don't. I, I don't know anything about a rematch, but I know, it, you know, the guy got a good, uh, it, it was a good shot, but I was still, you know, coherent. Just like, uh, I believe in the last UFC paper review with the lightweights, the light heavyweights, uh, well, not, not light, light heavyweights, the, the lighter guys, uh, were, were the, was it, was it, uh, Bradshaw that got hit? Brendan Schaub, Roy Nelson? Uh, you're talking about I don't believe so. It was it was the lighter it was the lighter uh, weighted guys. There was the smaller guys. I, oh, I believe he got he T. got T. J. Hit, Dillashaw like, versus uh, Cejudo. What's that? T. J. Dillashaw. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he got he got hit a couple times and uh and they called the fight. You know and and that was what thirty seconds into the fight. So you know they, they didn't even get the guy to have time to recover. So you know it sometime and it, it's, it's well, again more so human error. You got to give the guy a time. To recover, man. 
you know, give give him a, a few seconds to recover. And I believe, you know, we, we got clipped a little bit, but we wasn't we wasn't out of it, you know. So, but I never heard anything about the rematch, brother. So, oh, I thought you guys were trying to set up that rematch in it. Nah, it, well, it they, I'm sure they they uh, they tried to, but uh, but but uh, again, if, if the money's not put up, man, then nothing's happening. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, man. This is what I like to do at this part in the interview. Obviously, yeah. you're a DJ still right now on 106.9 KOPW, and you actually yeah. DJ for parties, weddings, and stuff like that. Where can yeah. people hire you? How, how, how do they get a hold of you? Hey, man, you know, well, people can get a hold of me, man, through, like, to my foundation. They can go to HoustonAlexander.org, and, uh, you know, you, we, we have message, we have message board there. Uh, it's under Houston Alexander, the Houston Alexander Foundation. Um, again, you can go to HoustonAlexander.org and it'll take you straight to the website. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of uh, speeches for for or, organ donation because I gave my daughter a kidney in early 2000. Uh, I go, I've been uh, dealing with a lot of at-risk youth, and, along with uh, teaching the kids about hip hop culture and and doing small things for the community. But like I said, with the ticket giveaway, bike giveaways, you know, just so these kids can see something right away, man. With, with or what they're doing in school, or what they're doing outside of school, that's 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 well, that, that's that's doing the what they're doing pretty well. So um, again, go to the website, HoustonAlexander.org, and it's on the Houston Alexander Foundation. And were you were you just at the Boy Scouts? You sent me a picture right before this interview. Yeah, but I said yeah. So that's, I was uh, I was uh, I was a guest judge at um uh, at one of the, one of the Boy Scouts area. Area, uh, I think 305 or it's a Scout 305. And uh, yeah, man, we just had a good time with all those guys. So it's just always constantly doing something in the community, man, just giving back. Last, That's but, all. last but not least, if you have any sponsors, shout outs, anything at all, the floor is now all yours, champ. Well, you know, big shout out. The only, only shout out I have, I, man, is this is to my coaches, uh, Coach Curly Alexander, Coach Bosler, and uh, one of our main sponsors. Rotella's Bakery, man. That they've always they've been there from day one, um, and and all the people on on my my staff with the Houston Alexander Foundation, they've all been great, man. So, uh, and shouts out to you, man, for wanting to do this interview. So I, I appreciate it. I'll do a lot of interviews, but you know when when I'm asked to do it, then, you know I, I try to accommodate people. It means a lot. It mean it means a lot more than uh than you know. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, so. Uh, Definitely knocking this one off of my bucket list. I would love to have you back on again. This is the last thing. Can you just say, hey, guys, this is Houston Alexander, and you're listening to Pure Evil MMA? Okay. Yo, this is Houston Alexander, and you're listening to Pure Evil MMA. Thank you, Houston. Enjoy the rest of your night, and thank you so much for joining us here on Pure Evil hey, no MMA. No problem, man. Hey, tag me so I can, so I can go ahead and, and, uh, and, and re repost it for you, brother. All right, I got you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, talk to me after after the pay-per-view, man. All right, that sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right, cool. All right, later, man. All right, peace. You guys go. How about that? How about that? Legendary, legendary interview, man. I'll never forget. I've watched so many of this guy's fights with my boys. And uh, to be able to sit here today, especially UFC 235, and, and, and talk to Houston Alexander and hear his story and know that he's still doing well. There's a lot of these fighters out there that they get in the game and they don't know what to do afterwards. They're so confused. That's why people like this, fighters like this, it's so inspiring to see that. 
And like you said, he was doing it before mixed martial arts. He had all this stuff going on, and he's still continuing it now till this day. And uh, I think that's really special. Uh, be you know, somebody who's doing music, dancing, art, it's and mixed martial arts. Like it really is just all art at the end of the day. So uh, very creative person. I would love for him to write a book. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on with him was how he donated his kidney in I think it was 2001, 2000 to his daughter. And uh, you know he got he was huge in the mixed martial arts world, but for UFC, Bellator, KSW, I mean, it's 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 amazing to hear from him and uh, hear the sh uh, the stories that he was sharing. The Kimbo Slice thing, man, that's one of the most. Uh, talked about fights with Houston Alexander and I'm sure he wants that fight back I actually thought he was gonna win that fight and you guys can go back and watch it obviously and score it yourself and uh, tell us what you think about it one of the most uh, talked about fights and it went down at the end of Ultimate Fighter season 10 finale so uh, just uh, thank you guys so much for hooking us up with this interview it was because of you that we got Houston on the show so thank you so much especially to scott kenyon who reached out to houston and uh nailed this interview i want to thank you guys so much we got a lot to digest tonight with ufc 235 and i'm going to be trying to do a fight companion for everybody so make sure to subscribe down below if you're listening on itunes podbean stitcher spotify wherever you are subscribe down below give us the thumbs up take up pureevilmma.com to stay up on all the latest podcasts and mma news and we also got updates for tonight's fights i'm evil eddie from pure evil mma pureevilmma.com white knuckles till the end and remember without evil there's no purity behave yourselves <laughs>